We are continuing to pay homage to Zinzi Mandela, South Africa's, South Africa's ambassador to Denmark, who passed away earlier this morning. In 1985, rather, the year she graduated, Zinzi Mandela was selected to read her father's refusal speech after then-President P.W. Boerta offered a Madiba conditional release from prison. Let's have a listen. prison to obtain his answer to Boeta's offer of conditional release. The prison authorities attempted to stop the statement being made, but he would have none of this and made it clear that he would make the statement to you, the people. Strangers like Bethel from England and Professor Dash from the United States have in recent weeks been authorized by Pretoria to see my father without restriction. Yet Pretoria cannot allow you, the people, to hear what he has to say directly. He should be here himself to tell you what he thinks of this statement by Puerta. He is not allowed to do so. My mother, who also heard his words, is also not allowed to speak to you today. My father and his comrades at Paulsmo Prison send their greetings to you, the freedom-loving people of this our tragic land, in the full confidence that you will carry on the struggle for freedom. He, he with his comrades at Paulsmo Prison, send their very warmest greetings to Bishop Tutu. Bishop Tutu has made it clear to the world that the Nobel Peace Prize belongs to you who are the people. We salute him. Amanda! My father and his comrades at Paulsmore Prison are grateful to the United Democratic Front who, without hesitation, made this venue available to them so that they could speak to you today. My father and his comrades wish to make this statement to you, the people, first. They are clear that they are accountable to you and to you alone, and that you should hear their views directly and not through others. And that was Zinzi Mandela in 1985 uh, when she read her father's refusal speech after then-President P.W. Boerta offered him conditional release from prison. And joining us now, ANC leader and stalwart uh, Tokyo Sekhwale, thanks so much for your time this afternoon and condolences on the passing of Zinzi Mandela. Well, condolences to you as uh, somebody who has known Zinzi and condolences to the family and also South Africans who have lost a fantastic lady and uh, a representative for our country on behalf of the president in Denmark. Now, Mr. Sikwale, let's just look back on the life of Zinzi Mandela. And as someone who has had opportunity to live in the Mandela household with a then very young Zinzi and Zanani Mandela and their mother, uh, the late uh, stalwart Winnie Madigizela Mandela, uh, take us back to those days and the young lady you got to know. Well, um, you know, I can only say that... uh, 
uh, lived this uh, life, uh, even before I met her, at the age of 12 she was, can only be described as a difficult, uh, a difficult beginning, but also a, a, a testing existence as uh, one of the daughters, the children of, of Madiba and Dewini. And then today, a tragic end. I, 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 I lived with them when I was uh, at high school nearby, Orlando West High School. That's where they shot the TV in June 76, many years after. And I came to know uh, her as a very young, determined child at the age of 12. Uh, her other sister, Zedani, with whom I've just spoken, she's in South Korea right now, on her way back home. Uh, Zedani was, uh, was, was 13 at that time. And, and these were the children who were living, like I said, a testing existence, like refugees. Uh, they were fatherless in the sense that was in prison. Though the mother was present, um, uh, uh, Wini was always in and out of jail, in and out of jail. Uh, there was no income from the father, from the time a lawyer, a prisoner now. And whatever little income that uh, Mama Wini used to get uh, from the old jobs she was doing, would disappear very quickly um, when she had to cover so many family needs, both here in Johannesburg, in Soweto, where she also had a sister. And uh, some of the money ended up in Bizana, where her father was. Later, her father, the grandfather of Zinzi, and then um, came to, to Johannesburg and lived with, with them for a very short while. Um, and then he died at Paraguana Hospital. So there were very young kids who grew up in a very difficult, uh, under difficult circumstances. There was no, no, no income, like I've said. Uh, they were living from hand to mouth. They were like refugee children. They were outcasts, really because uh, their parents were who they were. That's why I say it's a testing existence, their life. Of course, finally, it's a, 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 a tragic end. But then, but then um, what we've just listened to, I think you played the tape, I could hear it, uh, that determined voice of a resistance fighter, just like a father, and uh, typical of a mother as well, uh, for her to stand up at the time on the ANC, was silent at the time when the country was in turmoil, at the time when, uh, when, when, when the, the, the government was tottering. Um, I was present with Madiba in prison when uh, he drafted those notes uh, which she used in her speech, the speech where my father said on behalf of his comrades in prison. Because Madiba consulted on almost everything. And in this case, he, he consulted about what uh, they should say. But finally, it was her own words. She did read uh, portions of her father's letter. Now, that is the Zinzi many, many people came to know. A determined resistance fighter, very sharp voice, highly independent, sometimes too independent, riding uh, the oppressor on the wrong side, but for having a very difficult personal life. And many of the things that she started personally were just falling apart. And that's why the end has become so tragic. But we remember her not for the difficulties, but uh, or how she prevailed over those difficulties. And the, the best moment for her was the one that you have just, uh, you know, whose tape you've just played. 
But we well, we would be doing a disservice if we did not fully unpack the difficulty that she had to endure as a young child. Uh, if one thinks of the banishment of Winnie Madikizela Mandela to Brantford and the fact that Zinzi Mandela actually went with her to Brantford and the immense suffering that that must have brought with it. Um, Brantford was a just a broken bridge too far for Winnie. Um, the Winnie Mandela who went to Brantford was this formidable fighter that we know. But something had been chipped off from that um, titanic woman when she returned. Uh, there's a certain toll uh, through which she went. And then they did not escape the trials and tribulations of what happened in their lives in uh, uh, in Brantford, the Free State. Uh, we really went through hell. We used to see the letters, because Madiba, I said, shared so many things, even private letters, things that she was going through, and um, buried within that mud of, of apartheid, uh, oppression, what they did to the mother, uh, buried within that mud was also Zenzi. They didn't return the same from that place. And of course, tragedy after tragedy came, challenge after challenge. Look, uh, externally, both mother and daughter uh, looked very, very strong. But inside, these were people who were hit very hard. And the children, many people uh, should understand, the children of people who were at the, at the, uh, in the front line of, of, of the fight against uh, racism, apartheid, and oppression, intimidation, and exploitation, of the black people in South Africa the most. Children went through a great storm. And um, what Zinzi and, 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 and Zenani went through uh, is not different from many, many other children. Some died, children. Some lost their parents during the struggle, were killed and so on. Um, so so Brantford was, it's a story too deep. It's a story too bloody. Uh, it, it will still be told over and over. And Zinzi uh, suffered greatly from what she saw the mother going through and what she went through herself. They returned as heroes back to Soweto in house number 8115 and, and, and continued uh, in the struggle. The point I'm making is that people uh, who today are enjoying, and all of us, uh, whatever limited freedom and uh, success that we have, with the struggle, of course, because apartheid had been overthrown. I should understand that this thing came at a great toll, particularly to the children of, of people who were at the forefront. And with all of that said, what is the legacy that Zinzi Mandela leaves behind? A tortured child of, of freedom fighters. Uh, a tested uh, freedom fighter herself. Um, she's, she's a hero amongst young women because she's very really young. And today at 59 is a, is a hero. She's remain a hero amongst an inspiration uh, to other women, not only in South Africa, but the whole world. Women are going through hell. Uh, she should be a, an inspiration to those people. Look, she was born in 1960. And to understand her life also, we should understand that in 1960, Nelson Mandela was already going underground. 
So when the child was born, uh, the, the, the parents were not there for her. And um, a year later, 1961, Nelson Mandela was launching, uh, together with other leaders to Sudan and so on, an army, an underground army, Umkonto, where Sizu Lurumala's Shaba, the school of the nation. So this man was a pimpanel who was underground when uh, one child was three years old, and the other one was hardly, you know, uh, two years, it was one, one year. So, so they, they, they never knew father and everything, but they stood on. So the legacy is that of uh, being able to champion your life and, and take your own course in your own hands and, and, and cast it back uh, on your hands and say, Mommy, Daddy, this is what happened. They, they just threw themselves into this thing. So if you, if you read uh, the book by, I think it's a tale of two cities, uh, there's a lady called Madame Defarge in that book of... of, of uh, of uh, Charles Dickens. Writer, of Dickens. Okay, there's a lady, Zinzi and her mother, um, carried that legacy. People who kept on meeting and meeting and meeting in the end, they stood up to fight. There's another woman in the Spanish Revolution, they call her Dolores Ibaruri. Uh, she's known as La Pasionara. She reminds me of Winnie and Tenshman. These are women who are steadfast. These are people who are determined to stand side by side with their with their men, their brethren, uh, to fight on. So the liberation that we enjoy today is also the legacy of, 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 of this lady. You saw her at mother's uh, funeral. You saw the other sister more quiet as the nanny. So this morning when I spoke to her, she's in Seoul, in Seoul uh, about to board a flight, an open flight, coming back home. She was very serene, very quiet, as usual. But she's deep water, that one. She takes her pain too deep. But you saw her when she stood at her mother's funeral fighting on. And I say that because I want to remind the world about what Zinzi did when her sister broke down trying to, to finish her speech. Zinzi was there. But for the first time, this sister said, give me a chance, I'll finish. But she stood there, side by side with the sister, so that they can give a fitting and a strong farewell to their mother. So, so, so these children are very, very tough. Very different in character. Um, uh, uh, one is very, very deeply quiet. The other one is very, very open. Uh, a Chris Honey type, hard hitting out there. The other one is more that is a Sulu, if I have to use those with more Mama Sisulu. Um, so, so they leave a legacy of people who are able to stand against all odds. Uh, Zinzi is, is one such a person. Thank you so much for your time this afternoon, uh, ANC stalwart and uh, leader, talking to us about uh, the late ambassador to Denmark, that's uh, Zinzi Swa Mandela, who died this morning at the age of 59.